Hey, I'm really excited tonight. We are starting, we're starting our relationship series. I'm stoked about that. We're going to be talking about all things, love, sex, marriage, dating, the whole lot. Um, I kind of just figure that those are the kind of things we hear a lot about out there. We see a lot of it on social media. So I think it's even more important that the church has a stake in that, talking about what God's plan is for those kind of things, what God's desires are. Um, so I'm really excited. We're going to have um, some interviews happening. We're going to have some Q&A. We're going to have some guest panels over the next few weeks. It's going to be a heap of fun. Um, I wanted to start with, uh, shout out to Gabe, because I messaged Gabe. Well, I wasn't feeling that creative, and I said, can you send me some ideas for maybe like some message titles um, or like a series title? And these are some of the things he gave me. So please get ready to appreciate these. They're beautiful. Um, the first one was all the single ladies are like a fingernail painting emoji and dot, dot, dot. And gents, and gents, don't want to forget about that. Very 2023 of you, Gabe. Um, Bible Riz Academy. I thought that was a good one. Does anyone know what a Riz is? Yes, I made a good call and not going with that one. Um, having Riz is like having game, you know. It's like you're, you're, you're like good at, I don't know, like that kind of stuff. Apparently, I don't, I don't have it. Um, uh, righteous Dating with Riz. Again, a Riz one. Sorry, you guys, maybe. I, I think you have to be like under 17 to get that one. Or Gabe. Um, <laughs> it just means we spend too much time on Instagram. That's what that means. Uh, this one, I, I think this was just maybe a point, but uh, amount of chairs you lift doesn't equal how holy you are. I think that's a good point. Also, we could use people like setting up chairs. So if you want to come early and help out, please do that. Because uh, we, we lifted. That's why like, Dave's doing lots of weights at the gym, but he's also lifting lots of chairs. Um, can God see your DMs? Um, that, yeah, people got nervous in here just then. That was nervous laughter. It was like, oh. Um, I, uh, this is my personal favorite, favorite, and it comes with the with the um, qualification that it's risky, but you get the gist. And that's what it's that's what he said. H e capital he God, not as in like anyway. I thought that was clever. Uh, if you liked it, then you should have put a ring on it. Let's give it up for Gabe. I think there's some great suggestions there. Um, hey, I think it's really fitting that we get into this series right on the back of our um, Build Your Life series that we we're going through. With The whole thought of that is that, hey, we're not victims to life, that actually through Jesus we can overcome even our circumstance and that there's some really practical things we can do to live a great life and to experience the life to the full that God has for us. Um, the, a life of following Jesus isn't just about like saying prayers and He sorts the rest of everything out. There's actually some practical steps we can take to live that life to the full. And I think the same comes with relationships. So kind of the key scripture for this series, um, because I guess what this series is, this is not a um, list of rules that you must follow when it comes to all things relationships. This is not the, I have all the answers to this and I'm going to give you all of the answers. Okay, that's not what this series is about. What this series is about is about hopefully sharing some wisdom that's going to serve as a bit of a foundation for you to use as you pr approach things like dating. And as I say that, this is not just for dating people, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're somewhere in between. Hopefully there's stuff within this series that's actually going to empower the relationships that you have. Um, Proverbs 24, 3-6 says, Homes are built on a foundation of wisdom and understanding. Where there is knowledge, the rooms are furnished with valuable, beautiful Gucci lounge chairs. Being wise is better than being... That was low-hanging fruit, sorry. Um, being wise is better than being strong... 
Yes, knowledge is more important than strength. After all, you must make careful plans before you fight a battle. And the more good advice you get, the more likely you are to win. And, and I guess that's our heart, is that you would win in relationships. Relationships are some of the most amazing things in the world. God has designed us for a relationship. Not even just speaking about romantic relationships. He's designed us for a relationship. But who knows that relationships can also kind of cause the most pain out of anything. And, and I guess my prayer is that as we kind of share a collective of wisdom, that there's some stuff in there um, that's going to set you up for a win when it comes to relationships. And I really think that as we talk about foundations, great relationships, they start romantic relationships, they start way before you go out to coffee. They start way before you go on a McDonald's date if you're in if you're in the end of high school. They start way before all of those things. You can actually start building a great foundation for a great relationship today. And can I just put a word to the married people too? You can continue to work on having a strong foundation in your marriage. I think often where relationships fall apart, it's not usually that something's gone wrong up here. It's usually because something in the relationship, uh, in the foundation of the relationship, there's been trouble there. So this is not just for single people. Hopefully it's principles that apply to every relationship. Um, I love seeing my beautiful wife is in the front row here. We've been married for nine years and a couple of weeks uh, or a month, maybe now. What's the date? Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like uh, that we're doing well. Nine years. I feel like uh, like I've, I just hit a point this year. I'm like, Nine years is actually kind of a long time. Like when I was like, I've been married for one year and I'd talk about relationships, I was like, I'm kind of making it up. But I kind of feel with nine years of, of experience. Um, and we've actually, we met when we were eight years old. We met at church, um, which is a great place to find a relationship. And, um, and so we grew up knowing each other and then kind of towards the end of um, when I was graduating high school, we started to, I guess, get interested in each other. Um, and, and kind of think there was something to pursue there. But interestingly, before we started dating, we actually spent, I think it was like three months where we knew we were keen on each other, but we really decided that we wanted to make sure that we had a firm foundation in our, in our faith. Um, that was the first, that was, so that's how we started our relationship, was like, hang on, we want to make sure that this is kind of, that God is central in this, and we want to build on top of that. Um, but you know, during that time, there was, there was a lot of pressure to be somewhere else. There was lots of people um, who would, I guess people just thought we were dating and we were like, no, we're just friends. It was pretty obvious to everyone that we were keen on each other. Uh, but there was this, this pressure to kind of advance and, and make our relationship official or, or whatever you want to call it. I remember one of my friends, um, Talitha had a goat, which is one of the things that I, like attracted me to her. Um, <laughs> She had a goat and dreadlocks, which I'm like, that's cool. And, and one of my friends used to live near her, and he would text me. And he, he, I remember one time vividly, the first time he said this, he texted me and said, your hippie girlfriend is walking her goat through Highfields on a leash. And, <laughs> and this is before we were dating. I'm like, it's not my girlfriend, but secretly I, I loved that. And then Talitha was just my hippie girlfriend until she officially became my hippie girlfriend. Um, but, but I think there's, there was this pressure to kind of be like at the next stage, like to be dating or whatever. And I think this is common kind of to all of life. There's always this pressure to be somewhere that you're not. 
And life can feel like this mad rush to get to whatever the next thing is. I mean, you can see this in your work life. You can see this in almost every aspect of life. There's this push to kind of be at the next thing. And then when you get to that thing, there's this push to be at the next thing. It, can, it's, it seems like each thing is going to be just as fulfilling as the next one was. It's like sometimes we chase after these things, we achieve them, and it's great for a little bit, but then it's like, okay, what's, what's next? Um, the issue with that is that life is now. That, that's when life is, is, is right now. That's what I've called the message tonight. Life is now. Life is today. It's, this is the only, the breath that we have, the gift of God to have a breath today. That's the certain thing that we have. And the issue with always being pressured to the next thing is that we can actually miss out on what God is trying to do. And right now we end up not living life because we're waiting for the day that life begins. We can get so caught up in the future that we can miss what's happening now. And if we're not careful, we can actually end up wishing away our whole life, waiting for it to start, waiting for tomorrow. And I think it's so obvious in relationships. It, it starts with, I can't wait till I have a boyfriend, or I can't wait till I have a girlfriend. And then you start dating. It's, I can't wait till we're engaged. And then you get engaged, and more than ever, you're like, I can't wait to be married. Like, why did we set a three-year engagement? We should have made it two months. Uh, <laughs> that's quite fast. Talitha and I had five months, and by the end of five months, I'm like, yeah, I'm over this. <laughs> like, let's get married. Um, and then you get married, and it's the pressure. I can't wait till we have kids. And then it's, I can't wait till my kids can walk, and I can't wait till my kids can talk. And then it goes on for a while and it's, I can't wait till my kids move out of home. I can't wait till I have some peace and quiet again. I can't wait till I retire. And we can end up wishing away our life. Paul says this in Philippians 4. And, and please, single people, bear with me, okay? I'm sure you've been told this verse many, many, many times. But I'm, I'm really believing that you see something fresh in it this evening, okay? I feel like as soon as I mention this verse, the single people are going to be like, oh, another message on this. Like, so, I thought we were talking about relationships tonight. Um, it's Paul, and he says, I've learned how to be, and Paul, by the way, has been like, He's been in jail. He's been shipwrecked. He's been, this dude has been everything, everywhere, and experienced every aspect of life. And he says, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. And then he clarifies, in case you were like guessing, and in case you're like, well, he just had good stuff. He says, I know how to live on almost nothing, or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And Paul is saying, I can be content in every situation through Christ. I wonder what situation, if we're just talking about the context of relationships, and you could apply this message to every area of your life. In the context of relationships, I wonder what your situation is. And Paul's saying, I really believe that you can learn to be content in that situation. How is the big question, right? Like, you know, it's not really helpful if someone just says, be content. That's why I was like, the single people are going to tune out straight away because I'm like, hey, single people, uh, tip one, be content. Uh, and you're like, I've heard that a thousand times. Like, just, yeah, but you just need to be content. Uh, and what I want to look at tonight, I think we first need to get a clear understanding of, of what being content isn't. 
You know, Pastor Shane Willard always said, says words matter less than how we imagine them working. And I think contentment is one of those words where we've been told or we've been shown for a long time what it should mean, where it actually looks a lot different. The issue with contentment is I want to look at a couple of misconceptions. The first one, the first issue with contentment is that it's, it's misunderstood to be somewhere out there. Like contentment is something you can, achieve, you can achieve if you do this, if you have this, if you live like this, then you can be content. If I could have that, if I could have this, if I could just be dating someone, if we could only be married, if only my wife would spend more time with me, if only my husband was more, more romantic, if, if that happened, then I could be content. If only. And I think this is kind of fueled by I guess it's, it's fueled by comparison where we see what other people have and we think, if I could only have that, then I would be happy. Contentment, is, it's out there somewhere to be achieved. Um, what they ha- it's, it's saying what they have looks so good. I searched Instagram today for hashtag relationship goals. I don't recommend doing that. Um, lots of pictures of people making out. It's... <laughs> I was like, according to Instagram, the only goal in a relationship is cuddle and make out a lot. And, and it's like, man, I'm, I'm sure there's something much more profound to relationships than that. But it's amazing how you can, you can see things and it's like, that's what I need. That's what I want. If only someone would snuggle with me then I would feel good. If only I could come home from a long, hard day, a day and my boo-boo would be like, oh, let's have a little cuddle, then I would be content. This, this narrative's pushed of it's something out there and if you can just grab it, then you can be content. Content, by the way, don't confuse that with being happy. All right? Contentment isn't just, they're both positive emotions, but I think contentment is something much more profound, which we'll get to. But comparison is the biggest enemy of contentment. It says, you'll be happy, you'll be satisfied if you can just have this, if you weren't, if you weren't single, if you could just have more sex, if you, if you had an affair, then that, per- that person would, would make you content where, where you feel like you're lacking. Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. Want to kill your joy? Start looking at what other people are doing. Start thinking, I need that. Start imagining that if only I was in that position. Hebrews 12 puts it like this, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The race. Not the race marked out for hashtag relationships goals, people. The race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If, if you're always trying to run someone else's race, you run the risk of forcing yourself into a life that you think you want for yourself. 
where often we're trying to force ourselves into someone else's shoes, what look good on them, and what we find out, it's not actually what we were looking for. If I can't be content now, I'm not going to be content in that person's shoes. You think it's good because it looked good on another person. Have you ever seen someone wear something and you try to put that on and you just look dumb? Like, Gabe, I'm going to point Gabe out again. This man is unfair, okay? No, don't clap for Gabe. <laughs> Gabe, a few weeks ago, he came to church and he was um, just looking too good, like he always does. Just even this, it's, it's sickening. No, no. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, bro, you'll never guess where I got these pants from. And I'm like, I'm assuming Vinny's. And he's like, yeah. But look, and he lifts up his shirt and they've got lawn bowls emblems on them. He's stolen some old man's pants from Vinny's and he looks like a million dollars. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go to Vinny's. And I went to Vinny's and I walked out very upset that I just looked silly when I tried everything on in Vinny's. But we do this with relationships all the time, right? We do this with things all the time. If I just had that and we force ourselves into something that's actually not for us and we run the risk of missing what God is calling us to because we're so desperate to have something that we think is going to look good on us, something that's going to suit us, something that's going to make us feel content. True contentment. I like the, the Greek um, and, and I've already forgotten how to pronounce it, even though I wrote down uh, how to pronounce it. So anyone fluent in Greek? Not good. Sweet. Where Paul says, I can be content in all circumstance. The, the word content is autarkos or something like that. Autarkos? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the front row over here is like, we can get behind that. Autarkos. Tell me about it. Um, What's interesting is what that means is not, is not be happy all the time. What it means is to be independent of external circumstances. Like, let that settle for a moment. That's what contentment is. I can be content when I'm independent from the circumstance that's around me. Where my, my sense of contentment is not tied to something. I'm independent. Then I can actually be content. Because the issue is, everything is always changing out there, right? Has anyone noticed that? Those things fluctuate. They change. Single people, you're like, she's into me. She's not into me. She's into me. She's not into me. He's into me. He's not into me. And if we, if we tie our sense of contentment, if we, if we tie our peace, our joy to something that fluctuates, what we're going to find is that our feelings, which it's more than a feeling, but that it's going to fluctuate up and down. What we've actually got to do is to be content in all circumstances is to be able to be independent from the external circumstances. A partner's not going to fix your problems. Right? The biggest lie anyone can tell you. That'll, if I can, that was a loud amen over there, Jaden. <laughs> He's like, we've been married, how long you guys been married? Move along. <laughs> so we've been married for years and my, I've still got my problems. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's, it, people think if I, that'll, that'll fix my problem. Honestly, if you can't find joy where you're at, you're not going to find it in a relationship. I hope I'm not being harsh. So qu the question I guess this raises is, have you bought into the misconception of contentment being elsewhere? Can we just think, and just in our relationships, again, whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're married, 
Have you bought into that? Have you been comparing? Have you bought into the misconception that you'd be more content, that the grass is greener somewhere else? Have you bought into that? Would you think about that this evening? Have you bought into that? Second misconception is that contentment means settling for less. So in, in some sense, we've seen contentment as it's somewhere else. I think on maybe the, the opposite extreme of contentment, people feel like um, I have to just be satisfied with mediocrity and never move anywhere in my life. Contentment is, this is where I am and I will be happy here forever, right? And, and that's not the truth either, right? That's, contentment is not about, I'm just going to give up on all my dreams, all my hopes, all my desires in the name of being content right where I'm at. People feel like to be content, I have to give up the desires that I, that I might have. I feel like even maybe there's some people here tonight and you've been beating yourself up because you would love to be in a relationship. But whenever you think about being in a relationship, you almost beat yourself up because you're like, I can't think like that. I've got to be content single. I've got to be happy single. I've got to, if I even think about that, I'm not being content. But can I encourage you? It, it, it is possible to be content and to have vision for your future to have desires for your future, those things can coexist, okay? It, it's not, they're not mutually exclusive. It's not one or the other. You can have a vision for marriage. Can I encourage you? You should have a vision for your marriage. You should have a vision about what your future looks like. Otherwise, you'll settle for whatever stumbles upon its way when you get too desperate to stop pretending like you're content. Come on, have a vision for your life, but be at peace with where you are now. That's what contentment is. It's not, I have to give that up. I'll just, I'm happy single forever. No, it doesn't have to be like that. I think the, two, the other extreme is you get people who just give up. It's like, well, if God's got that for me, that's on him. He, he can sort that out. He, that's, that's, you know what, I'm just going to do my thing and I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Proverbs 18, 22, I love what this says in the message. It says, find a good spouse you find a good life. Even more, the favor of God. Can I just point out, there are action words in that scripture. <laughs> find a good spouse. Guys, this takes action. If you've been sitting on your hands wondering, where my person at? It's okay. You can pursue and be content at the same time. You can go to coffee with people and get to know them and still be at peace with the situation that you're in right now. Can we just normalize that being okay? It's not one or the other. You can have both. You can be at peace with now, you can have, find joy where you're at, and you can also have a vision for your future. Stop beating yourself up. Real contentment is being at peace with now. And that can coexist with vision for your future. I think it's important. It's important that we have a desire for that. We can have a desire to to want to be in a relationship, to grow as a person, not just to have to settle for where we are, whether, you know, whatever that looks like. But I, I'm, the most important thing is I'm at peace with right now and I can find joy right where I'm at. I'm not looking for that somewhere else. Will there be joy in a relationship? Yes. If you have joy in your life now, you'll have joy in a relationship. If you ain't got no joy now, it's not going to last long in a relationship. I'm, I'm, I'm going to move along. <laughs> 
I think it's worth, I think I, I want to hammer that home. Just, I just feel maybe you've been here tonight and it's like you've given up on it because you're just confused about how you should feel and you're conflicted because you feel like I want a relationship, but I feel like I need to be content and I've been told I need to be happy single, but, 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 but do both. Okay, do both. So the question is, are you at peace with now? And this, I would, again, extend this to whatever your relationship status is. Are you at peace with now? Are you at peace with now? Again, doesn't necessar- contentment's not necessarily, I'm happy, but can you find joy where you're at? Are you at peace with where your life is at? Even though maybe you have vision to be somewhere else, even though you dreamed it to be different, even though life's not going exactly how you expected it, have you found peace where you are now? That leads me to a final thought. How do we have it? How do we have, if, we've, if we talked about what contentment isn't, what is it and how can I actually achieve it? And I, I really think that true contentment comes from having Jesus as the source. I mean, it's been, we've been set up, we set that up from the beginning, right? If you didn't see that coming, I'm, I'm worried for you. <laughs> Paul's like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What Paul wasn't talking about there was like, I can lift 19 chairs to impressed women because Christ give me strength. What he's saying is, whatever situation I'm in, I can actually find peace because Christ gives me strength. Because Jesus isn't, Jesus is the source. Jesus isn't meant to be a mere addition to our lives. He's not, a, he's not meant to be something we talk about on Sunday and at life group during the week. Jesus is the source of all things. He said himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and life is now. Come on. God is at work now. Jesus is interested in your life now. He is the source of all things. He's the source of life to the fullest. Anyone here have like water fights when they were a kid around home and stuff before water restrictions? Maybe some of the young people, you don't remember that. Um, Back when we could waste water flippantly. um, (laughs) No, no. Um, Remember in the water fight, like the garden hose is the most overpowered thing. Like it's unfair how good the water hose is. Like you got this silly little balloon, not even a full-size balloon. You got a little balloon with a little bit of water. Or some silly 10 cent crazy Clark throwback um, water pistol. And someone there was the, with the hose. And they're just, they're hosing everyone down. Why is it overpowered? Well, it's connected to the source. It's connected to the water source. You know, when you've got water balloons, you've got to go look for them. Silly things. You've got to find a tap and fill them up. And it's on you to like get yourself ready. The hose, you just, it's connected to the source. You don't have to go looking. Like, it's just, it's there. I think so many people enter into relationships looking for something, looking for affirmation, looking for security, looking to receive love, looking to feel valuable, looking to feel worthy, looking to feel attractive. The issue is that a relationship started through, I need a relationship. It's going to end in tears every time. It's going, to hurt. it's going to end in pain. But I think for us to be like really content, to embrace that life is actually now and I'm not waiting for tomorrow. I'm, in, I'm living life today. I'm at peace with life today. 
we really need to be connected to Jesus as the source. We need to find our security in Jesus because people are going to let you down. But if my security is based in Jesus, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, I can actually be secure. And it might hurt when people let me down, but I'm secure. It's, I'm secure. We, we need to find Jesus as the source of our joy. That's how I can be content. That's how I can be at peace in every circumstance. I need to, I actually need to hear from heaven about my value. I need to hear, I need, I need God's affirmation. I don't need people's affirmation. I like people's affirmation. That's okay. We like getting affirmed, right? Sometimes I think God needs us to affirm other people. It's good. Sometimes God affirms us through other people. But the source needs to be Jesus. We've got to find our hope in Jesus. The, the problem with the wrong source is, again, when it changes it, it can leave us, we're kind of left dry, right? Like, when our, our hope is in something and that lets us down, it's like, I've lost, I've lost hope. When our sense of value was given to us by a, a, someone that we were dating and that relationship ends, all of a sudden my value is at question. When, when my feeling of, um, I don't know the right way to put it, but attractiveness is rooted in what someone's saying to me, that's dangerous territory. It's dangerous territory. What happens is we start to get desperate. We ignore red flags. When everyone around us can see that relationship will end in pain. Come on, who's seen a friend enter into a relationship and you're like, no, they're a great person, but no, that's not going to work. That's not going to meet the need that you feel. We end up hurt. But when Jesus is the source, I'm not relying on external things. It's like a tree. As, as, as the storm calms, as the, as the wind hits me, though like a tree will maybe move in the wind because my roots are deep in the ground, I'm not actually affected by the external circumstances. And when my roots are deep in Jesus, when I, my, my sense of value, my hope, my worth is in who Jesus is, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, you can say what you want about me. And yeah, it might hurt, and that might not work out, and yeah, I might get disappointed, but at the end of the day, I I can be secure because I'm connected to the source. So I want to encourage us tonight, man, go deep into your relationship with Jesus. Find that firm foundation in Jesus. Wherever you're at, whatever your relationship status is, continue to press in to Jesus. What I've found with Talitha and I, the closer that we push to Jesus, it's like the closer we come together. It's one of the amazing things about having Jesus at the center of your relationship. The, hungry, the hungrier we get for Jesus, the closer it brings together. When we have a disagreement and we both go press into Jesus, it's amazing how we both come back saying, I was wrong. <laughs> It's, amazing, it's uncanny and how we can be, I can be so certain I'm right for once. Just once, God, let me have this one. <laughs> Go and pray about it and meditate on it and come back and realize, you know what? I, I think I made a mistake there. And the beautiful thing is Talitha will come back and God's spoken to her as well. And it's like coming back together. Go deep in Jesus. Be at peace with now. Come on, if you're single, keep your eyes on Jesus. Enjoy friendships. Enjoy church. Enjoy your life group. Just enjoy life. 
Being single is awesome. Don't let people diss being single. It's so good. If you want to go to Pancake Manor in Brisbane at the end of the service, you can do that and no one can say anything. Do you want to go to Pancake Manor? I reckon the kids could sleep over at your parents. Yeah, okay. We're going to Pancake Manor too. Being married is awesome as well. Come on, find joy where you're at. I hope you're having fun tonight. I'm having fun. If you're single, and not just single, get on fire for Jesus. Get passionate about Jesus. That's what really attracted me to Talitha was, she was like, I could just talk to her about my faith and it just felt so natural. And we had the same vision and we were so excited about what God was doing. And that was attractive. Come on, get on fire for what Jesus is doing. Start to be the kind of person, the kind of person you want to be with, wants to be with. Work on that while you're single. Enjoy it. Find the joy and the peace in today. Keep the perspective that what I am doing today is building my tomorrow. So I wonder for you, is Jesus the source? Or, or are you looking somewhere else to fill that? Have you, have you come to find Jesus as the source? Asking that kind of question, you've got, to get, you've got to get real honest with yourself, okay? This is not, it shouldn't be a comfortable question to ask. Like, it's not like, yep, all good. Like if you really ask yourself, is, is there stuff, is there patterns of behavior in your life that maybe would allude to the fact that you've been looking somewhere else? And this is not a judgment on that. This is an opportunity to actually return and say, no, I want, I want Jesus to fill my need for value. And, and what I wanted to do right now, can we just stand and I might get the worship team back. I, I feel like this is not something that we should just, just hear and move on from. I just thought, we'll just close our eyes. And if that's you, you're here and you just recognize, man, I've just been looking in all the wrong places. You feel like I've just been so hungry and, and if I'm honest, needy to get some kind of affirmation. And maybe it was because something, maybe something awful happened to you when you were young or maybe someone said something that stuck with you. It's left you with this feeling of, if I could just have that, then, then it would satisfy it. Can I just encourage, just in, in your heart of hearts tonight, would you just maybe make a conscious decision to say, I'm letting go of that need. And maybe you'd even say something in your heart like, Jesus, would you come and meet my need? Would you, would you show me how valuable I am? And if that's you, would you just, you know, I mean, I'm going to pray. You can, you can raise your hand if you want, if you're saying, that's really me. Maybe you just want to really open your heart and, and receive this for yourself. But Jesus, we just thank you that you are the source of all things. And, and right now, Jesus, regardless of our relationship status, we're laying down the things that we've been pursuing that we thought would make us content. And Jesus, I really just pray for people that need to hear your voice, that you'd speak to their hearts. You'd show them that they're valuable. 
Jesus, I pray that people would leave tonight with a knowing of the worth that they have in you, that it's you that sets their value, not the people around them. Jesus, I pray that people would leave with a, a sense of just being a bit more secure. And Jesus, we just really pray in this moment, as we're walking out of here, you'd help us to find peace and joy in the situation that we're in. In Jesus' name, amen. As we just keep our eyes closed for one more moment, just speaking about Jesus being the source, maybe that's never been a thing for you. Maybe you've never made a decision to come to, 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 to pursue after Jesus, to invite Him into your life. I'd love to give you an opportunity to do that. Or maybe you've just been chasing other things and you're like, hey, it's time for me to get back to following Jesus. If that's you, I'd love to pray for you. I'd just love to know who I'm praying for. So if that's you, would you just raise your hand up just right where you are? Yeah, see that hand straight away. That's awesome. Anyone else here? Yes, see that hand. That's so good. It's awesome. See that hand too? So good. Anywhere else here, you're just saying, that's me. I want to come back to following Jesus. Or I want to start. I want to get to know what it means. Just raise your hand right where you are. Awesome. Well, Jesus, we just thank you for these people responding to you this evening. I pray that even right now that things would start to shift on the inside of them, that some weights that have been holding them back would actually start to fall off just as they've made this decision to follow you. And I pray that as they press into you, either for the first time or afresh, that you'd make that, that, that they would experience the realness of you. In Jesus' name, amen.